We are back at another episode of Empire. I'm Pete Barenberg. Again, I'm here with Nick DeFrancesco, CEO and host of PureWell. I'm also here, Nick, with a couple of special people. How are you doing today? I'm good, Pete. I'm good, Pete. Of course, you're going to tell me we got a loaded show today. So let me let's go. Who we got? Oh, we actually are dealing with you know the bona fide hustler himself, John Monopoly, and he's here along with two pioneers, not just to the industry but entrepreneurs themselves in the cannabis field. We're talking about Umi and M One One Half of Dead Prez. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, super. Yeah, we doing Excellent. great. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys. For yeah. Thank you guys for making the time. We appreciate it. Absolutely. That's what we do. So I, I got, let's just kind of get into it, John. I mean, obviously, you've worked with some of the biggest rappers out there, Kanye West, Busta Rhymes, Missy Elliott. Now you're in the cannabis space to create something that supports those people who have been targeted and convicted of their use of cannabis. Of course, it's near and greater to our hearts. Uh, tell me more about how you came to this project and how you, M1, and Umi are in this together. So uh, I met M... Uh, some years ago, maybe, I don't know, three or four years ago, when I was working with Kanye, and was uh, brought on by Kanye to consult on his uh, presidential election. And uh, we just became friends. We kind of, you know, we were rocking together and, you know, working together. And, you know, when you're in close quarters, um, you know, you get a mutual respect for, for somebody based on their skill set. I think he respected my skill set and vice versa. I saw how he was adding value to my brother's business. and um you know i always wanted to do something with him so you know when he came uh at me uh years later and you know was like yo we could work on something together i jumped at the opportunity based on our relationship and based on me always wanting to do continued work together um and yeah that, that's how we connected and I've, I've been with them i got on this year and it's been amazing Ormond Aroma is a big supporter of the Weldon Project that is working to get cannabis prisoners pardoned. Uh, you matched a 30,000 pledge to Mission Green. Uh, of course, cannabis, race, cannabis radio listeners know all about Weldon Angeles. Um, how, do you, how did Urban Aroma and Weldon Project get together? To add on to your last question, uh, John is a fine uh, connoisseur of cannabis. So yes, we work together with Kanye West, but more so, we have a mutual understanding of what cannabis is as a phenomenon. The same way hip hop music and culture is phenomenal, cannabis is phenomenal, and, and John Morden understood that space. I knew his connections in that space, and I knew that they would be invaluable um, bringing the type of light and energy from the, a community that celebrates cannabis and has all through culture and put it in the right light. So I just want to give you know him kind of like you know that back as as a, that that is the mutual respect that i have for mr john monopoly um on to weldon angelos um we were introduced to weldon um because of our work urban aroma not only being a a a, a place uh, uh for culture and cannabis but activism um we at umi and myself have been all over the world for 20 some odd I ain't trying to age myself, but close to 30 <laughs> years trying to <laughs> change people's opinion about how we see the world, um, about rights and about just how we feel about each other. And we know that cannabis has been the thing in the room that tied binds with a lot of good and important people. You know, um, a lot of important uh, connections have been made over a joint. Um, 
And yeah, that's true. With that, <laughs> that is <very> true. <laughs> yeah. And with that being said, uh, we recognize Weldon as a mover and a shaker in that space. He, you know, creating Mission Green uh, came out of his personal experience. Like you said, you know Weldon. You know he was incarcerated behind cannabis. You know that the where he stands is pushing the envelope, especially in the political space. Um, he's uh, confronting politicians and people in office um, to put exactly their money where their mouth is and do what they said they would do, Biden. And which he, he's, he went to meet with Biden recently. You know what I mean? Um, on behalf of us. And I think people need to know he's that kind of champion. And that's why we wanted to be involved with him and do that kind of work. So, yeah, I don't know. If no, I mean, I, and it, does, it doesn't stop there either. Right. I think when you talk about um, just us being um, in the position to be change makers i think that's what we kind of gravitated towards um doing music um trying to put our ear to the street and and activate people um and so i, I think that the mission green is something that you can touch and see right but i mean we're, we're on the street daily and, and and what we try to do is give back uh, i think when you talk about cannabis m said it right you know you have a culture is a community there and then there's politics that's a surrounding the plant i think when, when you look at it in a three-dimensional light is is the proper way to look at it so urban aroma wants to kind of forge this new way to look at it and stop and stop just making it a capitalistic yes. moment that's what that's what the government is really trying to do um so i think together and with john's you know um awesome leadership you know i think we we can forge this voice um and and and, and speak on behalf of a whole lot of people you know yeah well, and that has to be done for sure, because unfortunately, you know, everybody's a little too quiet about it. And the situation has gotten way out of hand now. And we got to really far, start like, you know, in the community, start that local kind of grassroots. And that's how you're going to kind of expand outwise. You're never going to start from the top down. You got to go inside out. And, you know, and again, this is why we're doing this show, because there's so many people don't even understand that. They don't understand the fight and the struggle that's going through from the streets all the way up to the top. And, and again, this is what we're here to do, educate and understand the trials and tribulations of not just your aches and pains, but why people are trying to get this legalized or trying to get people pardoned, that it's not that big of a deal for certain, you know, it's just, it's insane what's going on right now. And that's why we're so excited to have you guys on here to talk about it, to be honest with you, because we're getting it from a different point of view. And, um, you know, okay, so let, let's talk about, you know, let's talk about some Biden. Let's talk about a couple things. M1, you signed a letter along with 150 artists to ask President Biden to pardon all of those in jail for marijuana offenses. Uh, M1, you said you wanted to yeah. see how far Biden would go on this promise. This is a test. That's let's right. see what happens. Now, nothing happened. So what's yes. the next step? If you put all your eggs in the Democratic Democratic Party's basket, that's that is uh, upsetting. I have not. I, I, I'm proud. Pardon me. I'm still the same M1 from dead as I was as a revolutionary. I don't support the Democratic Party. I do understand the tool of using the democratic process. So I didn't think that Biden was going to do jack shit. But let me tell you, <laughs> he welding. <laughs> more, than, more than more than me, Weldon got Lil Baby. He got Drake. He got Lil Yachty. He got I'm come on. Like that in itself to get like the mainstream 
artists to speak on this, that that in itself that mattered more than than them talking to Biden because I don't think Lil Baby's invested in the Democratic Party either. You understand? Right. So yeah, no, to me, fair, it's totally about fair. Showing the, the, you know the people. I could be wrong. He might run for president. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> One interesting campaign. That's. <laughs> Well, I, you know, and I think it's true, though, getting that awareness out. I meant to say it's frustrating because we hear it time and time and time. I say it every single time. It's falling on deaf ears. I say this narrative every single show we have. But it's the fact that you think Democrat, Republican, that's not really. It's, you know, all the same. It's all really the same. Let's be real. It's just the fact of the vo- something happening right? Something changing, whatever yeah. side you're on. And the fact of you're talking about a plant that helps so many people out in this world, no deaths that are g- related to it on just, you know, from athletes to a housewife, to an older person, to a child. I mean, everybody brings, uh, well, actually it was kind of funny what you said. Cannabis brings a lot of people together from a lot of different life spaces, right? Different demographics, different races, different, it doesn't matter. It, I mean, a lot can be done over a joint, right? No, but uh, no, but it's true. I mean, there's so many people that you can connect with on cannabis and really have no other you know, similarities to that person, you know, and just say, you know, we can both agree or, or we can all agree that cannabis is, should be the future of, of a lot of medical conditions of a lot of different ways without side effects, but also that it helps. Urban Aroma embraces the idea of social equity driven cannabis. What is the end goal when you talk the talk about being social equity driven? Where would you take it for this project to compete that mission? Let, let me throw let me throw this out at, at you real quick, and 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 this is like a real passionate thing of ours because, you know, um, coming up, me and M were, were avid smokers, right? And um and me legacy operator from day one, uh, nineteen ninety six or something like that's how, that's real talk. So, um and I mean and I was forced to use the plant to to economically put myself in position to eat because of. Basically, I was not going to slave for for a dollar. And what they want us to do as black men is crazy. So because of our defying the quote unquote law at that time, we were harassed. I mean, I I can't tell you smoking a joint in the hood in 19 from 1992 to about 2012. It was all bad. They were using it as a vice to lock up black men, especially to just throw us in the system and to use that later to come up with this three strike shit. So even when we talk about releasing prisoners that's on cannabis, you got to go further than just that one crime. If you got two or three strikes and there were two strikes that was cannabis oriented, that third strike, you should be retracted. You should come home. And like, it's a whole bunch of shit going on that this is so personal to us. And and so when you talk community that's been manipulated and, 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 and been ostracized based on the plant that they're now trying to say it's legal and it's all good, fuck that. This is not the right, that's not the right step. And, and, and you're, and you're belittling all of these these people that you put through chaos and so now because we have a platform 
we're shining. And, and when you said, what's the next step? This, the next step is to keep stepping. Like, right. it, that's all we right. can do. Like, we're not a Make noise. We're not a spectrum. We got to make noise. That's it. We have to make noise. But we do it in a real organized way. And we also do it in a way that goes back to the community. Everything that we do is for some for somebody that's bigger than us. It's not for, for us per se, but shit, maybe it's for my daughter that's coming. You know what I'm saying? And if I can put the proper perspective out there about what cannabis really is about, plant medicine wise, then we have to now start looking at why the government is doing what they're doing as it relates to regulation. Uh, cannabis should be like aspirin. It should be an over the <laughs> right. situation. It really should be. I mean, you no, know, I, I'm agreeing with you. 100 percent agreeing right. with you. Right, right. So, so I mean, so uh, the passion is is is. I mean, you know, we say urban aroma because it is a directory that we're trying to put the proper um, perspectives on the plant medicine. But at the same time, this is something that's internally in our heart because yeah. we suffered from this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't tell you how many times this dude went to jail because we were smoking in the fucking car. You know what I mean? I want to just add on to this and throw this to John because, you know, <clears throat> social equity and all these cold words that have developed for cannabis, which used to be called weed and all, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, um, <clears throat> <laughs> but it's about turning the system right side up. You know what I mean? I think it, it, it's a, it's an upside down system that's being turned right side up. So what that does is give the legacy operators and the people who slayed and, and paid the price for it the ability to be the owners and controllers of our own destiny and fate and rewire uh, all this political madness that entangles the whole thing. So, you know, I, you know, again, there's so many examples of how that can happen. Absolutely. But I think, you know, what's happening in New York City, uh, what Mayor Eric Adams sees um, and the statements that he makes, which are contrary to what's going on in higher government, because he knows lo local government in New York City benefits like a motherfucker from cannabis and 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 will. I'm not talking about this. a lot of places. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, so, social equity um, has, you know, some of his really bright spots, like the hat that John is wearing is from Al Harrington brand Viola, um, one, the biggest, one of the biggest black cannabis brands. And, and um, you know, who, who is spreading out the idea about cannabis, not just having to be a grower or having to be a seller, but so many places in the economy in between. And Al has been leading that space. And um, and and uh, I don't know, um, John, uh, maybe you want to speak to kind of like how you see Al or that relationship as, as social equity. You know what I'm saying? I hope I'm not putting you on the spot with that. Yeah, no. Nah. I mean, Al's company, Al and Dan Pettit, who have this brand, Viola, is over 10 years old. That's the largest black-owned cannabis brand, cannabis company for that fact. <clears throat> and what they're doing is amazing. And what, how we're working with them and kind of connecting us as a crew or a union of people of color in the cannabis space is important um, so that we can grow together and learn from one another yeah. and benefit from one another's businesses and support one another. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, they have a, a lot going on that's that's amazing in the space, just like Urban Aroma does. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm happy to be, you know, working with the company. And, you know, these brothers, Umi and M, are uh, so respected in the culture um, that it's just, you know, it's perfect to, to align myself with with somebody like them. It's really, it's really an honor to, to, to be down with them. We're tying it all together. And that's what we need. Well, yeah, like you said, it is a, it is definitely a learning process because as, as 
people know certain specific skills or maybe certain uh I don't know, uh, maybe categories of the plant or different applications for it. You're not going to learn these ideas until you kind of sit around and kind of share and, you know, maybe smoke something here or there too while you're doing it. But yeah, you're going to learn from each other and that's going to help, you know, create a better narrative for, you know, getting this out there on a broader scale. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. We've been trying to, you know, obviously we've got this podcast, Empire. Purewell's been around for a minute. I've been in cannabis for you know, a long time. I mean, obviously partaking, but being part of business for about 10 years, have our own farms out in Pueblo in California that we grow. Now I'm always on the other side of the, I'm on the hemp side because a lot of the problems that we're, we're having with cannabis, I could sell into all 50 States. I could worry about banking. I could do all these things, but it was really the education of understanding why this plant was beneficial. And it wasn't just about, listen, there's nothing wrong about smoking weed. I'm just saying, but when we're trying to get it to a, a, to a mainstream level, we got to bring something else. So we always push forward with education or the benefits of the plant or trying to get the right people behind it. And it doesn't matter, black, white, orange, purple, blue, it doesn't really matter. Again, that green brings everybody together. But it's, it's, the, it's the narrative of every different direction we're trying to go. I mean, look at the way you're trying to do it from back in the day, the way we're trying to do it, the way the athletes are trying to do it, the way the politics, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And everybody's trying to push for the same narrative, but coming at it from so many different directions. Um, I want to add on, because I, I don't want you to miss, I want to, the point that you're making is so incredible. When you talk about athletes, we made a connection with um, the incredible Isaiah Thomas. And many oh, don't know the, best. the work that he's doing with One World Pharma and CBD and him. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's, you know, the biggest uh grow of hemp in south in south america and so yeah it's like not just to see this only as plant medicine he's forming machine parts with hemp to replace parts in vehicles i mean there's so many ways to go with this the commerce this is the that's new totally cotton. wild and is you're worried about smoking weed on a street you know what I mean? Like, like, like I mean, like, like, seriously, what, like, how does that, how do we get from there to there? Like, uh, no, this is going to be making parts on a car one day. All right. And you're giving me some shit for smoking some weed. Like, and not to mention, not to mention that if you grow a, a hexameter of, of hemp, you, you, you clean the air. Yeah. Like, right. like it's, it's, it's a certain amount of hexameters, a certain amount of square miles, but you clear the air. I mean, like it's so many, so many things. I mean, talking about going to take over plastic, talking about, you know, we can make clothes. It's so much. Yeah. This may be the most important plant on the earth. All the shit they like, talk about, they want to fix out there. Right, yet they keep one thing down. They can do it all. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, you know, um, and it was funny. We we're talking about New York and, uh, of course, former Governor Andrew Cuomo, uh, Cuomo signed the bill to get cannabis legalized in New York state on the way out. Now, Chuck Schumer is pushing hard to get federal legalization passed. Why is that New York Mayor Eric Aram, Adams disconnected with the leaders in Albany and D.C.? I mean, that's what we're seeing a lot of a lot of disconnection statewide, citywide, obviously federal-wide. 
Yeah, Mayor Adams, he's real slippery. First of all, let's start there. He's a he's a slick, he's a, he's a salamander of sorts. Right? Like he's a slippery. He's a little slippery. So like he wants to be in every room and he wants to be liked by everyone. I had lunch with Mayor Adams, and I'm gonna tell you, um, when he was with me, he was a criminal. You know what I'm saying? That's what he told me. That tune changed real quick. <laughs> Listen, so so um, depending on the room that he's in, he's going to change his disposition and his politics. Um, and he, I mean, it's weird because he's saying exactly the opposite of what the state is saying. And um, and I think I think it's strategic on his part, right? But it's very confusing for you know anybody in the space and i think that's you know that's you know that's his that's his style like but don't take him serious man don't take him serious i gotta say this about the federal government i you know that bureaucracy may never understand how to juice cannabis correctly but the cities the states are overwhelmed with the benefits of what cannabis can bring to the community yeah so on the federal level they haven't figured out how to make the fruit in the juice and on a local level we already juicing it's good over here so so you know i think it behooves us to have this united solid voice the power to the people of the people to change the tune of people going upward and again it's hard to talk up because these guys don't hear very well but with a united voice, then we begin to say what matters and how we're going to act about it no matter what. And even if that means civil civil disobedience, which already we've been doing. I mean, that's why we are leg legacy operators, because we operated in a, in, in a time where we were criminalized. But lo and behold, this is a heroic project product. <laughs> right. This is right. This is mighty. And so we it's on us to unite our voice as legacy operators. Yeah. Um, and you know that's what Urban Aroma is doing, creating a kind of a platform that can engage people and do that in that kind of way. You know what I mean? Like, okay, let's unite this voice. Let's make it make sense. You know what I mean? So um, I don't really know what to say about the federal government. Most of the time, I say fuck. I was gonna say fuck them as well. So you know, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's, you were saying it's a close quarter market. That's just how it's always been. So when the government sticks their finger in it, they got to be recognized. They have to be recognized that first. Uh, I'm not hearing enough about the culture. I'm not hearing about a lot about what people really started to do this. And look, again, it brings all different types of people together for a lot of different reasons. But is it is it really harming anybody? I mean, is it okay that maybe somebody shouldn't be prosecuted as much as they were because of marijuana? I mean, is it okay that people want to use it because they've been, you know, been in a car accident, have degenerate diseases have some type of anxiety uh or you know epilepsy or all these types of things or maybe they just want to chill out because gas prices are out of fucking control and, and the country is in mass hysteria and they just want to chill out with their friends and their family or just by themselves so it's just it's insane what we're going through to have to to have to do this and take um, care of your body, take care of your mindset or your life well-being. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit fucking ridiculous. I agree. I mean, look at the topics we're talking about for someone that just doesn't want to be on something that has side effects. 
It doesn't want to be on someone that, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, we're talking a lot of athletes and we've talked about a lot of different people on the show and all of them are saying it's nice. The NFL is changing their tune. NHL kind of turns the other way, even they're testing positive, um, you know, UFC. UFC, of course, we just talked to, uh, somebody from UFC. And again, it's the same thing with, um, it's really the same thing. Everybody's saying, I found this out myself because nobody really told me. Or I was in cannabis before. And, you know, we say cannabis. You're right. We said weed. The reason why we say cannabis now is because there's so many different arms to it. And, right. and because there is a hemp side, there is a marijuana side, there is an industrial side. And cannabis is kind of like the big cat. You have lions and you got tigers. But people need to understand yeah. that there's a difference between hemp and marijuana or why we use hemp for industrial reasons. And, and it's not just like what people think we're selling on the streets or in dispensaries. Um, you know, people are using them for clothes and ropes and things like this. So um, cannabis is yeah. the clinical term. And, and I think that's why it's migrated to kind of give it a little bit more respect. But I, I mean, I hear you. Of course, we always say weed. I, I, think, I think Big Pharma ought to give it that much respect. I, if, if anybody is going to give it the respect, it's going to be Big Pharma. They're the people with the lobbyists in D.C. trying to keep that thing on lock so we don't see this as plant medicine. So it don't be legitimacy, legitimately on the shelves like aspirin. So, you know, I just got to put that out there. It's like real. until so we real. get lobbyists as That's big real. as Big Pharma, we might not never see cannabis as a Schedule A so-called drug. You understand right. what I'm saying? Oh, they're they're you know. scared of it. They they know the, the power of what it can do, so they got to keep it at bay. I mean, they're not they even researching sure. it either. They're not even putting the proper like America is the the research capital of the world. Like everything is about going in these labs and figuring out some shit. They haven't even properly spent the money to research the the the, the plant medicine to really really talk about it. Um, you getting these uh, this bullshit talking about you know, driving and while smoking, like they treating it like it's liquor all of a sudden. It's like, right. first of all, some some marijuana actually um, activates your, 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 your senses. Your, your yeah. senses. It actually makes you more acute. Um, so, you know, some some marijuana actually doses you down. Like, it, you know, it's different levels to this shit. And then everybody THC wise consumes it differently based on mass, based on weight, based on there's a whole lot of shit. And they're not even Oh, I like that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we we take offense to it, man. We take offense to it. They they just passed these uh, laws in New York about how you can actually sell chronic, and the shit is ridiculous. Like they at first they came with a stop sign. It was like a a, a red stop sign warning symbol. Um, luckily, we had some people that was voting, um, you know, in that in that committee, and they voted that down. But it still is ridiculous. Like they, they they're just putting shit on the package based on what they feel, yeah. right? What they think, and not and not what they know. And so it's problematic, man. Or, or trying to regulate packaging based off not consulting with the legacy market. You know, we know what works. We know how to deliver the cannabis yeah. to the people. We've right. been doing it for a long ass time. You know what I mean? Don't try to tell us how this should look and feel and be. I mean, you know, of course we're open to ideas, but again. We, meaning the people on this call, should be leading these conversations. You know well, like, well, and then I'll, I'll tell you what you say. So, well, let me get back to one point because I just want to let you guys know, and I'm, I'm sure you guys already know, 
big pharma, I, I came from pharmaceuticals. Now, not big pharma. I was a natural pharmaceutical company, so very different. But they, big pharma spends 10 times uh, more lobbying money just to keep cannabis down just for the things you just talked about. So obviously, when I got out of, when I got out of pharmaceuticals, I was in the medical space. Again, I was in natural. So it wasn't, I wasn't, Again, I would never work for the Pfizer's of the world and all that. That was never me. But I'm just saying I wasn't a natural pharmaceutical. And when I started to be introduced to the fact that we could mix cannabis with natural molecules to make it even better, I jumped on the opportunity to start that with Purewell and everything like that. And that's kind of why Purewell came to where we are now. But um, it's just funny because some of the things that we're talking about of why shouldn't it be a certain way or it's because it's being kept down. And, and it's, I mean, studies have been going on in Israel since 1960. I mean, we have tons of information on studies. Um, but, you know, you said something about the packaging. Now, I will talk about the packaging one thing. The packaging okay. on the fact of how to take it, dosing, there's a lot of people that even come on this show that said, I didn't know how to dose it. I didn't know what right. to do. I didn't know how to say it. So there are a lot of people that are doing that. But I like the part of the packaging. Now, again, this is different cannabis and in my side of hemp, but what's in the product. Like we're not talking about that. I'm talking about regulation, like making sure that the product is pesticide free or it has what it says it has in it or, you know, certified organic or whatever, whatever the, you know, the, the thing is, is that I do agree with, but what you're talking about yeah. is ridiculous. I'm not what you're talking about. I mean, what you're saying, how they're labeling them. So yeah. I, I um, do, I'm always just trying to play devil's advocate. I'm not, you know, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, we, we have some spaces that, you know, uh, that we've been able to be blessed with. And, um, and we, you know, we, we have edibles and, I think it's so important that you have the ingredients listed, that you have that you have the proper information that's needed. I mean, and like you said, there's is a lot of newbies. This has become it's now legal, right? So now people who who have doubted the plant and people that felt just you know um, extremely uncomfortable because it was quoted legal illegal, um, now they're trying and they're getting into it. So yeah, I do think there has to be directions and instructions course but we just have to do it right you know and we have to do the research so that we know how to do it you know and no Naomi said the advent of the cannabis testing labs and the rise of that is we're on the precipice of that next you will see us being able to uh test in a uniform way the product that's being delivered to us so we can give the right ingredients and dosing on the packaging and i 100 agree with you around all of that. I'm 100% united. But I do know that what's next, and I'm planting this in the brain of the next entrepreneurs out there, is that we need laboratories, united laboratories on behalf of the people, not government control labs, that can give us results that can be uniform. You know, yeah. yeah, so like uniform. some of the things that we do, like personally, because we do, we, we, we go directly to doctors and healthcare professionals. That's how, like, that's where Pure Well's mission is. And we do custom formulation. So we literally have to pound down the doors of doctors to do little studies in their, in their offices of, to see results. Now, we can't do federal stuff. But what we can do is have these doctors do these little mini case studies in their office or anecdotal research or what their patients are saying. Because the bottom line is, is, is that there's so many people, there are a ton of newies. There's so many people that doubt the plant. 
And what it does, it's again, it's just weed. It's going to get you high. I can't see the benefits because there's a CBD store on every store corner and there's cannabis on every, and everybody wants their medical marijuana cards. And I never went to school for this. So I don't know how to dose it and all this stuff. And, and the truth is, is that, so we have to do that. And we're going into doctors every single day and we're saying, look, what do you want to do? Do you really want to help your patients of why you became a doctor? Or are you giving them a pharmaceutical that gives them side effects that we have to create another pharmaceutical to give you to get rid of that second side effect that you just gave them with the first when you could have just gave them cannabis and for 59 different modalities that we have on record, it's going to help them. And, you know, we're not going to talk about the big words. We're not going to talk about all the things that we don't really want to say, but yeah, there's things about cancer in there. There are things yeah. about, you know, a lot of different major problems that people have. So why are we trying to criminalize something or criminalize the people um, about just because they want to feel better? Now, again, just, just, just smoking is fine, too. Again, it's, it's still mental health. It's still relaxing. I mean, it's still getting through with your day or, or after your day, I should say, or whatever, um, and, and feeling better of whatever you're going on. But there are a lot of benefits. And, and again, I, just, I, I do want to go back to something because I did ask you. Um, you made a quote that said this is, this is a close quarters market, that it's just how it's always been. So when the government sticks their fingers in it, they got to recognize that first. I'm not hearing enough about the culture that's behind the actual plant. So I wanted to touch a little bit more about that, and I don't know who wants to speak on that, but it's a, it's a powerful quote. Yeah, man. That's what we're talking about, the whole thing, right? Like, right. I mean, you know, I think when you talk about the, the, the bottom line of, you know, um, you know, why are we doing, why are we doing this, right? Um, we have, luckily, we have forged our whole career on moving and shaping the community i think um a lot of that is just because where we live is just full of holes it's full of gaps it needs shaping it's it's so many um obstacles that's placed in our particular communities purposefully um and so you know kind of moving forward we, we wanted to we wanted to kind of switch our voice because we're getting older rap is a young man's sport you know what i mean um <laughs> except for jay-z Jay <laughs> <laughs> but exactly and i mean and so as we talk about being see, we were there in the in in the 90s when when music mattered right when hip-hop mattered right when we actually when we bro we broke like we drove and, and and was able to breathe life into this thing that everybody disrespected, right? They said that, I mean, even like my parents was even like, that shit turned its noise, right? And, <laughs> and it was no support for us. I mean, it's just real, right? It was no support for us and, and we stayed at it. We believed in it because it was us. It, it represented our culture. It, it was what we uh, really, really lived is a lifestyle hip hop, right? And so once we got it, we, we did it, we popularized it. And then it got taken from us. It got it got it got taken by Seagrams. It got taken by Coca Cola. It got taken by a whole bunch of platforms. And 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 then we no longer control anything in hip hop. The people that created it, like we don't cre we don't control none of it. And so here we go. Not even the messages. Not even the fucking messages, right? Not even the <laughs> right. message. The content is controlled. When something gets so legs, when something else has to take over. That's yeah. right. So now when we're moving forward, trying to position ourselves in yet another industry, 
right? That we started, right? That we popularized, that we put forth all the extra work to make this shit. Because they were saying, yo, it's not only is it a taboo, but it's illegal, right? And we were able to breathe this life into this into this industry. And now what they want to do is take it from us again. And they want to disregard all of the culture that's behind it. And that's and that's what the capitalistic way is in America. So I'm not shitting on the policies either. I'm not shitting on the regulations to a degree. I do understand what you said, Nick. And I and I and I say that it, it you know from some fashions. I understand them wanting to regulate the process, right? But you have to do it the right way. And you have to do it with the people that created the industry. You have to look towards us. If not, it's not going to have no culture in it. It's going to be, it's going to be absent culture and it's going to be all capital, capital. And it's not going to work at that point. And then we're going to take over. We're going to do what we're doing. We always did what we're doing. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think, I think when I talk about a lack of culture, it just starts with the community and uh, the ability for us to kind of pressure forward. You know what I mean? I no, want to add, add on what we said. I think, you know, 40 years ago, you know, they were down pressing this plant to the point that I think, you know, it was so taboo to smoke weed. Like we were hiding behind corners and looking, we was paranoia. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it was a real thing. you know what I'm saying? It was, we had to hide, you know? And, 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 and this, this culture, though, get popular without culture we we would definitely not be as popular as it is. i'm not just talking about peter tosh and legalize it but i'm talking about goddamn cypress hill goddamn snoop dog goddamn like all our homies who put their fucking life on that who kept this thing viable and and so you know they we owe the big that 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 plays a huge part in this. We can't, you can't negate it. You can't take it away. Just like when we said, it's close quarters. It's the fabric of what this means. So therefore, if you're going to talk about how this goes forward, you have to be able to immerse yourself in that in that part of it. And I don't want to over uh, or retalk, we say what we said because he hit it right on the head. But that's I just have to say that. Nah, that's you know? right. It's a yeah. lifestyle, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. So John's being real quiet. He's he's over here. We haven't really heard too much about from John. So all right. So let me forward this to John. All right. So we're reading a lot of stories about how legacy cannabis operators see roadblocks and opportunities in New York recreational market. Um, is there something that Urban Aroma has on its radar um, to not only give opportunities to the everyday people, but to those who sold weed in the neighborhoods that want to go legit? I think we want to figure out how to involve any and everybody, specifically people of color, but but any and everybody who wants to get involved with the culture, I think we're open arms. Um, I don't know if I said that right, Umi and M, but that's how. Yeah, that's my perfect, perfect. And, and, and that's, the thing is, is that again, I don't know if everybody really sees it from all different parts of life. And that's what we're here to expose. You know, everybody sees everything on a surface level, right? Like if it's not in their own eyesight and how they live their life or what they see on a daily basis, not everybody looks around to see how everybody else is living their life. You know, I mean, that goes with a lot of different things. So um, I, I love the fact is, but it is true. I mean, is it is because, uh, for example, down here in Florida, uh, if you want to have a farm, uh, if you want to have a dispensary, if you want to have all these things, and let's say that, I mean, we live, we live in South Florida. We live near Miami. 
there's some yeah. there's some there's some stuff that goes on in Miami on a, on a daily, right? So there's yeah. definitely some people that've been in the game a long time. Not not maybe necessarily legit, right? So and and so, but they have a lot of passion. The same color. So, but my point is, is that they got the cash, they got everything they did, they got a lot of experience, but there was a lot of things where, and they maybe they, they want to go legit. I mean, there's people in hemp that I know that have gone from not legit to legit being in hemp. So, but they really blocked it for cannabis. And they made it that, let's say, like, they did hit the money requirements. They just, they, but uh, fine. Or, but they, they made it so that people really couldn't be legit if they weren't legit on how they got their money. Like, show us where you got your money. Give us a little background. I mean, now, let's be honest. If you're legit, you're not really going to the bank with all your cash. And, I mean, so, so like, well, let's see bank statements. Let's see where, you, you know, just where, where this has come from. And so they blocked a lot of the market out when I do feel like people really did want to go legit. They didn't want to do this stuff on the streets anymore. Like they, they were legitimately looking to say, look, let me have this opportunity in cannabis that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I, I want to say, you know, uh, we've been working with uh, cannabis pioneer Steve D'Angelo. And uh, um, there is an organization called Unlocked. You know, it's a, a unified network of legacy operators of cannabis um, that's unlocked. And, um, you know, which, you know, I think is important because we have to establish how we legitimacy, legitimately get into the market. And you're right. Those things become a problem. N nobody wants to come forward and say, I've been doing all this criminal activity. And then the government goes, lo get locked up now. You know what I mean? So there has to be an amnesty. That's actually the first one of the first uh, uh, tenets of understanding what the legacy operators are about. So we can go to the government and say, look, we got a boatload of cash. Yeah, we've been doing this. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't have to show you where it came from because I'm telling you we've been doing this. But we want to bring our money to the bank. Here, we're ready to get legit. You can tax this money. We, we, we're, we're let, you know what I mean? This is right. So, you know, we have to be able to have an agreement with the, the this, you know, what the structure is that's being built that says, look, we're coming, we're coming. Well, we come in trust and saying you you're not gonna criminalize us because we we did crime, didn't we? Okay, so we're done with that. So we're gonna bring our money, and this has to be a way that we can have amnesty for all the things that happened in the past. And we're gonna start. This is day one, and we move forward. And if we ain't talking like that, we're never gonna have a legitimate yeah, market. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the legacy operators will run right over right. whatever is being built. Look at California. It, it's been it's done. It's happening right now. Eighty percent. Eighty percent of the market is legacy. 20% is legal, like in terms of the revenue that's been, and it's and it's still making a lot of money, 20% is big, but come on, man. Like, we gonna make the same mistakes that they making? Let's like, do we it. don't have to do that, we don't have to do this. And I, and I gotta tell you guys, we do have a, a noon takeoff. Um, so, this is, yeah, no, but I was gonna I'm say, sorry so sorry, this, this. Absolutely, I was gonna say, how can so, the listeners uh, get involved with what you guys are doing? How can they do that? Well, look, Urban Aroma, urbanaroma.com. Um, you can find us even uh, in, at Instagram if you're so socially, um, you know, connected. Um, urban Aroma underscore that uh, under uh, Urban Aroma, at Urban Aroma underscore. Um, we are connecting. We're connecting uh, 
find purveyors of cannabis, people who want to be involved, culture. We're talking to the movers and shakers uh, in, in cannabis to talk about exactly what the next steps are forward. And that is the platform by which we want to move people toward us. And um, so Urban Aroma is that. Is that it's, it's more than a, a directory, um, you know, with respect to like weed maps, you know, which is a huge behemoth of, you know, in, in, in the cannabis world. You know, um, we want to also be able to build a, a component that, of course, um, injects activism and moves the needle forward. So that's what Urban Aroma is about. Again, UrbanAroma.com. That's how you can find us. Check Perfect. Us out. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll definitely get connect, connect with you guys later, see if we could uh, work on something together. You know, um, you know, I, I feel like we got a lot in common that we can, you know, get at this together. So and that's what we always like to do. Um, all right. Well, we're out of time. I would have liked to hear more about John. I had a ton of questions about Kanye and all kind of stuff, but we got to go. Uh, Pete, why don't you take us out? Can we do part two? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Let's do a part two. That sounds good. Okay. To me. Done. Absolutely. We do appreciate your time. Thanks for everything. You can find everything that we're doing on either Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, uh, CannabisRadio.com, and any other place you like to watch your podcast. So just make sure you like, subscribe. Tell us what anything else we want to ask uh, any of the guys next time we can join them. But we do appreciate everything you guys do. And, uh, you know, go support the movement over at uh, UrbanAroma.com. And uh, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Stay high. Okay. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.